Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. So good to see you all. There you go. I see you. Um, well, before I get too far down the road, I, I want to introduce my wife, Sherry, to you. She also was a speaker at the conference, and uh, there we go. My partner for the last 35 years, and uh, all that we do together is uh, directly uh, transferable to you, almost all of it. So uh, when we talk about relationships and and love and honor and all that stuff, I, it, you got to know that we're just pulling bread off our life and feeding because uh, we, we, we marched out every single mile. We didn't, uh, I, don't th- I don't think we were given any of them. I think we just walked them out, man. It was, it was, uh, it was real. So um, I am going to change what I was going to say, and I am going to do something different just because it's funner not to know what you're going to do. You know, it's just more exciting, you know, because you, you, just, you just don't know how it's going to go, right? So um, before I get going too far into this, I, I would like to just point your attention to, I think there's still some resources out there, are there? Yes. Uh, the Life Academy, which is uh, online school to uh, lead you through uh, relationships, family, or leadership. And they come on these little cards here, and, and a little card comes with a little card, like an Amazon card kind of, or a, you know, a iTunes card or that sort of thing. It says a code on it, uh, and, and tonight and tomorrow, half off, you're welcome. There's also a book out there called Pathway to Powerful, and if it sounds like I'm an auctioneer, it's because I only have 27 minutes left, and I have an hour-long message for you. So, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, another book recently just came out called uh, Pathway to Powerful. A very encouraging process of watching um, a, a leadership group at a church rebuild and uh, heal up and learn how as individuals to apply culture of honor, keep your love on, and all this other stuff. Uh, it's one thing to read about it. It's another thing to talk about it. It's a whole nother deal to live it. And so that's always the gap. The gap is, hey, I read this amazing book. doesn't work. People say that about the Bible. <laughs> it's the transformation that makes it all applicable and bear fruit. Amen. And so uh, this book is really uh, how to do that. But enough of that stuff. What I want to talk to you about is this. Okay? You ready? I want to talk to you about living our lives. And we're talking about families of the future. The last couple days, that's what we've been pouring into. That's what we've been leaning into. And I want to tell you that families in the future already have expectancy of the goodness of God. The families of the future, and we're, we're prophesying at the same time as, uh, as Putty so beautifully instructed us, that 
the future is up there waiting for us, and we are pulling it into now and living it now and then just living towards that future. And so I'll let him tell you about how that works, but he'll, he'll probably have more time. So the key, though, is to realize that there is this tremendous expectancy that we have of who God is. Do you realize that he has never made a mistake? I mean, who can you say that of? Don't, you, don't try to say it of yourself, because your spouse will not allow that. God has never made a mistake. He has a perfect eternal record from, from as far as eternity goes in that direction, all the way through to now, going into the future, eternally. Never one time made a mistake. And yet, for whatever reason, we still struggle to trust him. It's like, it's like with our situation, he's going to finally make a mistake. <laughs> you're like, this one right here, this is the one you're going to drop right here in all of eternity. This is the one that's coming apart. The wheels are coming off in my situation. See, as we, as we march through our lives on this earth, as we, as we walk through our experience with God in this life and, and in our families, it's so important that we keep our eyes fixed on his goodness, on who he is. Over and over and over, the starting point of every situation is God is good and he's never made a mistake. Let's start right there and look into the future. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next is rooted and grounded in that right there. God is good. He's never made a mistake. And he loves me so much. All right. He's going to work it all out. I don't know how. I don't know how. But he's going to work it out. Because he's not messing up that perfect record just for me. I know we like to think we're special. But you, it's, it's, a, it's a choice you have to make. It's a decision you have to make. We see Jesus having to do the same thing. Jesus has to decide. It's the night before his crucifixion. He, he enters the garden. He tells the disciples, you know, hey, if you guys should just pray for a little while, I'm going to go talk to my father. It's like I always like to think of it as, as Jesus uh, walking into a phone booth, you know, and calling home. Phone booth. Um, there used to be these boxes on the side of the road. Remember? I don't know. If, Ask your, ask, your, ask your parents. Yeah, it, it, Jesus gets in this phone booth. He says, uh, hi, Dad. Yeah, it's me, Jesus. Yeah. Tell Holy I said hi. Yeah. Hey, um, I was just calling about tomorrow. Yeah. Hey, I was just wondering, hey, did you guys figure out any other way to do this? <laughs> Is there any other way we could do this? I mean, like, uh, could, we, could, we, could we have Peter do it? No? No? Okay. All right. All right. Well, not my will, but your will be done. And okay. Well, I just figured if anybody could figure out another way to do it, you guys could. That's a, okay. We're on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't want to do that for the fun of it. No. So, well, hey, you know what? I'll see you in a couple days. All right. 
Love you. Okay. Bye-bye. See, it, 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 it kind of escapes us sometimes to realize that Jesus chose the crucifixion. Chose it. Didn't have to do it. Didn't have to do it. Chose it. And he chose it through the lens of my father is good and he's never made a mistake ever. And he's going to work all this out for good. And that's the same place that every one of us comes. When we have great expectancy of his goodness. But what happens over and over and over is we approach those moments, we approach those times with this list of expectations. We leave the flow of perfect and we step aside and say, Lord, here's how you can do my situation. Here's how you can do my finances. Here's how you can do my marriage. Here's how you can do my children. Here's how you can do my health. In Jesus' name, amen. And we leave this flow of him perfectly working it out all through eternity, and we step aside, we build our little box, and we fill it with expectations. We limit him to what, in our infinite wisdom, we can come up with. Why? Because we get scared. We get scared because standing in this flow, standing in this river of expectancy requires trust. And trust is difficult. Trust is vulnerable. Trust is a challenge because every one of us have, have trusted, have entered into vulnerability and had it not turn out the way we thought it would. Okay, then Lauren's going to catch you. Okay, it's called the trust fall. Okay, trust fall. Ready, set, go. <laughs> Every single one of us had a situation work out contrary to the way we thought it was going to go. And so we have these issues of, of being hurt. I don't want to be hurt again. I, I, and, and, when, and when we look at this eternal flow, I mean, logically it makes sense. Okay, in all of eternity, he's never made a mistake until he does. Like, no, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work like that. But in our fear, we step out of that flow. We build our box, and we hunker down. We hunker down, and we create these expectations, and these expectations, they set us up. They set us up first to be so disappointed. I am so disappointed. I am so disappointed that this did not go the way I had faith believing. I 
cannot believe that God did not let me control him. I prayed. I even used the magic words in Jesus' name. While I'm in my box, all I can really look at, all I spend my time looking at is what he's not doing. He didn't do that. He, he didn't do that. He, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. And this still isn't working out according to my will. Be done on earth as it should be in heaven. Now I'm scared. Now I'm scared. Now I'm scared of God. I'm scared he doesn't care about me. I'm scared he's not going to protect me. I'm scared he's not going to provide for me. I'm scared he's not going to take care of what's so important to me. And so I, I separate myself from my own heart. I separate myself from my own destiny in God. I separate, I isolate myself from God to protect myself from God. Because I'm so disappointed. I'm so discouraged. And then I, I become isolated. And the Bible says a man or woman who isolates themselves seeks their own desire and rages against wise counsel and judgment. When I isolate myself, I've actually taken the bait and I'm now lured away from God and now there is one who will come and whisper in my ear and say, you know, I too thought I was better than God. Let me counsel you. Let me coach you on where to go from here. And here is the danger being isolated in my discouragement. When I create this small list of expectations, I, I limit myself to my box. I limit God to my box. It's like God and the angels are like, what's he doing? Oh, he's in that box again. Well, what's he doing in there again? I uh, thought he had it figured out. He thought he had you figured out. Oh, not again. He was limiting me to him? Yeah. Well, how do we get him out of there? I, I don't know, Lord. We've tried so many different ways to get him out of there, and he's just stuck in there. How about if we move the sun closer to his box? That might run him out, you know? No, I think he just will smell bad. Wow. It doesn't make sense, but we do it anyway. Because there is this perfect flow. There are no errors on God's side of this perfect flow of working things out. But this is what happens. What happens is we think we've got God figured out. 
We've got, we think he, we've got him figured out. We know how, what he's going to do. We know what he has to do. We read the book. We read the book. We know what he has to do. No, no, you don't know. Even if you've been doing this a while, you don't know. And it's almost like he's, he's set to show you that you don't know. But we like, ah, you know, God's like church. We got church figured out. I shared this at the conference. God's got, you know, we've got God all figured out because he's like his church. He's like, you know, this is how this is going to go. We're going to have some, some fun songs, some slow songs, an offering message that's, you know, that we already knew. And then we're going to go to lunch. That's what, that's, you know, God's like that. No, 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 God, God's, God's not like just a Coke machine that you're just going to walk up and drop some coins. I mean, we don't, have a, we don't have a Coke machine figured out. We certainly are not going to figure God out. But we, it doesn't stop us from trying. It doesn't stop us from stepping out of this flow. But when we get back in this flow, what we begin to realize is we begin to remember, okay, you are good. You have given me promise after promise after promise. And so I will look at your promises with the expectancy of your goodness. I will, I will remember that you haven't failed one time. And I know I am standing in this river when thanksgiving and praise is just coming to my lips. I mean, how about this young lady who wants to give the Coke machine a hug? Because he's so grateful. See, this is what's happening when we are in that flow is I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. And I'm reminded of how huge he is. And so praise just fills my mouth. And I'm reminded in that space, in that place, I'm reminded, you are the Lord and I am not. And it's so important for us to keep remembering this. You are the Lord. I don't know how you're going to figure this out, but you have never one time let me down. You have never one time failed in my life. Now, there are things that have not worked out the way I thought they should. And there are things in my life that are working out. But you have never one time Failed to work things out for my good. I remember years ago, Sherry and I were pastoring in a, a small church in Northern California. And uh, at the time, revival is just going on all over the world. We're partnering with uh, Bill Johnson and Bethel Church. And uh, we're, we're beginning to travel around and seeing just amazing signs and wonders and miracles everywhere we go. Bethel, our association with Bethel has just, you know, put us in this, this experience of the supernatural. It was fantastic. It, it still is. And it was, but it was in the early days. And we had made friends with these people in Nashville, Tennessee. And they had taken it, they were pastors, and they had taken us over to their friend's house to meet them. And, and you know, they're the kind of people that when you, when you have dinner with them and, you know, you see your kids running around with their kids, you think, oh, my gosh, we're going to be friends forever. This is amazing. This is so much fun. This is great. So we stayed up too late. We talked too long. We laughed too much. And... The next day, uh, the wife was in a tragic accident, 
and she was in a coma in the hospital. She had a brainstem injury. And so we, we, you know, we, we get to the hospital, and we're like, oh my gosh, all right, well, we know what to do. We've seen so many miracles by now, we know what to do. So we just begin to pray. And as, as people found out, more and more people came to the hospital, and pretty soon this hospital is every waiting room, every parking lot, the chapel are filled with people who are praying. Words, prophetic words are coming in from all over the world, and they're, they're confirming one another. Michael W. Smith sneaks his keyboard into her room in the middle of the night and plays for three hours over her. I'm like, whoo, we're going to get a miracle. Going to get a miracle. She's going to pop out of that bed any second. Come on. And so we were there for about eight days, and then we had to go home. And when we got home, we got a call. Carol Ann has passed away. Oh, no, 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 no. 3,000 people at her funeral. After the funeral, they have people with their hands on the casket waiting for a thump. Just waiting, waiting. She's got four little kids. Buried her. I was, I, was, I was distraught. I was depressed. I was spinning hard. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, we were there for eight days, essentially at the point of faith and hoping for a miracle. And nothing. Nothing. I, I couldn't believe it. So it's about six, eight weeks in, and I, am, I don't want to talk about the power of God. I don't want to talk about trust in God. I'm a pastor. I get up here every Sunday, and I'm talking to the people, and I don't want to talk about it. I, I'll talk about other stuff. I don't want to talk about that. So one day, I'm sitting in my office. My wife is my secretary at the time, and she opens my door, and she says, hey, I was wondering if you had some time. I'm like, well, you're keeping my calendar. I'm sure you know. She says, well, yeah, I noticed that, um, uh, I was just wondering if you were open to some feedback. I said, sure. She says, uh, you are no fun to be around. <laughs> I said, yeah, well, you should be in here. It's really no fun in here. She goes, yeah, I was wondering what you were going to do about that. And I soon realized, oh, this is what I do to other people. I said, well, I really don't know. She goes, well, I have an idea. You know how you like to go backpacking? I said, yeah. She goes, I was thinking that you could uh, go get your dog and your backpack stuff, and you could go up to one of those alpine lakes that you like to go to, take all of this, and throw it in the lake. <laughs> and don't come back until you do. That sounds like a great idea. So that's what I did. I went home, I got my, my pack, put it together, got my dog, threw it in my truck, drove up to Sugar Pine Lake, the trailhead. Hiked my, nine miles into the lake. I get there, it's, the sun's going down. I drop my pack in the camp. I'm like, uh, 
I gotta catch some fish. I gotta eat something. All right, so I'm fishing. There's no stupid fish in this lake. I'm gonna starve to death out here. I can't believe it. I am so miserable. And I look over at my dog, and my dog says, You are no fun to be around. Yeah, I'm glad I brought you. It's dark, so I just went to bed. This is miserable. I get up in the morning, I'm miserable. Believe it. Miserable. Finally, I was like, okay. Well, I know why I'm here. I know why I'm here. You know why I'm here. I don't even want to talk to you. I don't even, I am so mad at you. I cannot believe that you had the power to do something about that situation, and you did not. You let that woman die. You let those babies grow up without a mother. I cannot believe you did that. Why would you do that? Why would you let that happen? I can't even believe that I was so, I've never been so vulnerable. I've never trusted you so much. You let me down. I, I am so exhausted from this war inside of me. I am so tired. I am so wore out. I don't want to do this anymore. I need help. And I hear Ezekiel. Ezekiel? Seriously? Did you hear what I just said? I don't understand. Ezekiel after a prophetic conference. <laughs> wheel in a wheel and the four faces and all. Ezekiel? Seriously? I need some help. Ezekiel. Okay. All right. Ezekiel, all right, okay. Where is Ezekiel anyway? I don't know where Ezekiel is. <laughs> there it is, right at chapter one. Four faces, here we go, baby. Four faces, wheel in a wheel, chapter one. I knew it, I knew it. Turn the page, I get to the bottom of the second page, and in the footnote to the second page, it says, Ezekiel means, God will strengthen. And I just burst into tears. Like, oh my gosh, you're right here. You weren't scared off by my fit any more than you were scared off by King David's fits. You're not scared of my process. You're not scared of me being scared. Pretty soon... Hope just floods my body. I'm just filled with hope, like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. You didn't go anywhere. I left. I'm back. I was in my box. I'm back. Woof. Here comes that river. Bam. And I'm being carried away in a river of hope again. Like, thank you, Jesus. Oh, you didn't leave me. You didn't forget I was here. Sherry and I have uh, three little grandchildren. We live with them, uh, my daughter and her husband and our 
grandkids, we all live together in the middle. The middle one is Adeline. And Adeline is, she, at the time she was four years old, she just like a mosquito. Runs around, runs around, runs around, runs around. And then she stops and eats. And then, wow, 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 wow. And then she stops and eats. And wow, 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 wow. Stops and eats. And when you put her to bed at night, she wants you to do everything. You know, you got you to gotta get the drink. You got to read the story. You got to pray the prayer. Then we got to go to the bathroom. And then you got to pray another prayer. And then, and then as you're pulling away, she grabs She says, Papa, Papa, what's for dinner tomorrow? Oh, baby, I, I don't know what's for dinner tomorrow. But you know what? It's going to be good. But you know what? That's my job. My job is to worry about dinner. Your job is to just rest. You just be a child. You rest. I got tomorrow. Amen? Amen. All right, let's all stand together. For those of you that are watching, God bless you guys, wherever that camera went. For the rest of you, I'd like you to just put your hand on your heart. Now, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to believe that we're in a room this size and nobody's in their box, or nobody's been in that box. But I want to invite you to just step away from the box tonight. I want you to just, I know you're standing in rows, I just want you to just prophetically just take a step backwards and just stand. Father, forgive us for limiting you to what we can figure out in these situations. Whether it's our families, our money, our health, we're going to just return to that place where we trust you. You get to be God in our lives. No longer will we reduce you to the prayers we can figure out or the, even the hope we can figure out. Our hope is in your goodness. Our hope is in your perfect record of working all things together for our good. Please forgive us for limiting you. Holy Spirit, please come and bring hope. Bring hope to everyone in this room. Exactly where we need it. Just as you know, we need hope from you. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.